Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may, we all said together, maybe see the name of the Lord, Cain, Abel, fighting for favor. If I can draw your attention to that one verse that we read that says, really, Moses writing to the children of Israel and just giving them some instruction and informing them just on how to live their lives, says to them, do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain. The other day, I looked out in my yard, and I noticed that there were some Canadian geese eating my blueberries. Now, I don't know if I've told you a bit about my life, just a touch. I don't really have time to tell my whole testimony, but I own a pretty nice house, praise God, hallelujah. And the house that I have, I got it in foreclosure. I thought I was going to get some claps on that just for you to praise God for your own breakthrough. May you get something worth more than you pay for it. Oh, I'm going to speak that over everybody right now in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Can I speak that over you? Pay little worth much. Believe God that you can get something and not pay market price for it. What's the point of all that blood? What's the point of all this Jesus? What's the point of all this hollering and yelling if you're not going to trust God for something great that you don't have to build? And I live in a house that I couldn't build. I live in a house that I couldn't afford to build. If you ever see it, if you don't like it, it'll make you mad. If you don't like me, you'll be mad at me. If you love me, then you'll be happy for me. But if you don't like me, you'll hate on me, but hate on hater because God has been good to me and God has blessed me and God has blessed me with a house that I could not afford to build because that's what his promise says he'll do. He says he'll give you stuff that you did not build. He'll give you vineyards that you did not plant. When you buy a house in foreclosure, there's stuff in it that you don't know is there because the previous owner isn't there to take you around and show you this and show you that. And so you begin to walk around your Zion. You begin to walk around what God has given to you. And when you buy a house in foreclosure, you have to be ready for these two little words, and the two words are as is. As is. Sometimes as is is not a bad thing. Can I warn you as a man of God and as a man of faith and as an old man, be careful about being too picky. One of the challenges of this generation, young folk I'm talking to, y'all 
want stuff way too perfect. Y'all want stuff way too granted already. You want stuff way too tennis courts. And y'all, y'all are looking for amenities instead of looking for square footage. Y'all are looking for stuff that don't really matter. Y'all are so picky that you will pay more for a house that's perfect than paying less for a bigger house that you got to work on. Don't despise the humble beginnings of something that might need a little work. You should never buy a house that's 2,500 square feet for the same price of a house that's 3,200 square feet simply because of what's inside of that house. You can always add stuff to the inside. You can't change the square footage. I, I need to move on. I'm just, I'm up here rambling, but I'm dropping a little wisdom on somebody. As is, is not always a bad thing. Because perfection is often the enemy of complete. You have to be careful trying to make everything too perfect. There is no perfect man. Sorry, sweetheart. There is no perfect woman. Sorry, dude. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect job. There's no perfect child. Ain't nobody three perfect. Ain't nobody four perfect. Ain't nobody two perfect. Two ain't perfect at all. No such thing as a perfect situation. No such thing as a perfect pastor. No such thing as a perfect leadership. No such thing as a perfect anything. Perfection is often the enemy of complete. Perfection is also often the enemy of ownership and equity. Be careful that your seeking perfection and your short-term desire for it doesn't interfere with your ability to build wealth. I'm just talking this morning. I've got this property as is. The former owner wasn't there. And so I'm walking around, own the house now for about three years. And in the first year that I owned the house, I was out walking around just looking at the stuff and trying to figure out what needed to be fixed. And I stumbled across these bushes that look like blueberries. Scared to eat him at first because I live in the country, but I'm a city dude and I don't quite know. I mean, I know what blueberries look like. And they look like blueberries and they smell like blueberries and I bit one and sure enough, it was a blueberry. Found out that I had blueberry bushes on my property. Have you ever stumbled onto a blessing that you didn't know was there? Is it possible? Is everything in your life have to be planned by you and thought about by you and engineered by you? Is it possible for God to surprise you? Is it possible for you to get something that you didn't plan on having? Is it possible for you to stumble into your as-is situation and find bushes that you did not plan? Is it possible for you to reap fruit that you didn't have anything involved with the seed? If you've ever done that, if you've ever stumbled onto something and I stumbled onto it, stumbled onto it late in the season, grabbed the blueberries that I could, but then after that, the next year, I was ready. 
The next year, I fertilized. The next year, I weeded. Next year, I watered. The next year, I was careful because I realized I'd get a bigger harvest if I put some work in. I'm trying to talk to somebody this morning. I get a bigger harvest just because I stumble on something doesn't mean that I should always stay at the stumble level. Now that I've stumbled on it and I have found it, now if I put some of my own effort into what I have discovered, I will reap a harvest even greater than I did accidentally. Maybe you have stumbled onto the things of God. Maybe you have stumbled onto the ministry. Maybe you have stumbled into church. Maybe you have stumbled back into faith. And it's great. And maybe there is a blessing that you're receiving from being here. One of the reasons why Pastor Tony raised that offering. And one of the reasons why we're trying to build this building. And trying to get you to sow is because you only get but so much of a harvest when you don't do no work. Everything can't be off of somebody else's Netflix password. Everything can't be off of somebody else's HBO Max ID. Everybody, everything can't be free. Some stuff you get what you pay for. Some stuff, if, when you really like free, it's a sign that you're broke. Get you some money, and when somebody offers you something for free, you wonder, what is the string that's attached? And if this is so great, why are you trying to give it to me for free? Get some money, and you don't trust free. Get some money, and you begin to realize that there's got to be some work required. I'm just sharing with you this morning. I, I stumbled onto them blueberry bushes, but I've been taking care of them blueberry bushes now, Elder. I water, and I fertilize, and I stake, and I made them taller, and they're bigger than ever. And after two or three years of my attention to them, they're at a whole nother level because sometimes your harvest is not great because you're not paying attention. Sometimes your harvest is not great because you're not really looking at the thing. You're not really doing the right stuff at the right time. And so I take care of my blueberry bushes, and I've been doing that for the last couple of years. And now they're bigger than ever, and more blueberries than ever, and blueberries sweeter than ever. And and the, and they come in. The 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 blueberries come into being ripe in, in, in phases. All of the fruit don't ripe at the same time. Sometimes some parts come into the time of fruit and so, sometimes some of them mature at a time that's different than other times. Everything is not going to mature at the same time. Everything's not going to be great all at the same time. You're going to find yourself in a great place spiritually and may not be in the best place emotionally. You may find yourself in a great place in your relationship and stuff at the job is not as perfect. Just don't 
be surprised when areas of your fruit come into fruition at different times. I'm out here picking blueberries and I got to pick the ones that are blue and leave the ones that aren't blue yet. Because you don't want to pick them too soon or they won't be sweet. And some of us have sour fruit because we're in a rush. Let me just keep on going. So I'm taking care of my blueberry bushes and I'm going out here. Got my bowl in my hand and I'm going out here to pick some blueberries. And God help us, there are some heathen Canadian geese down here eating on my blueberries. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with these Canadian geese, these big giant birds that are protected for really no reason. There's way too many of them, and they like to walk across the street, and they love to just crap all over your driveway. They don't just crap in the grass. They crap where you can step in it, and they're just loud and rude I've had issues with them before I don't really like them I was outside in my yard trying to shoot some video or something and they out there making noise trying to interrupt the man of God as he shares his little wisdom Thankfully, I had this weapon that I uh, sent a little something their way. Thank you, Lord. And they flew off. But anyway, I go outside and lo and behold, these heathen Canadian geese are eating my blueberries from off my bushes. I actually looked it up to see do blueberries is our blueberries something that Canadian geese actually eat and they do eat blueberries I was very bothered by the fact that they eat blueberries but in the same article that told me that they can eat blueberries is also mentioned in the article that Canadian geese meat is very delicious. And my whole attitude changed. Because I don't mind feeding something that's going to feed me. We got to take this part out the tape. Can I say a word to you? Maybe you were just preparing for fruit and God is trying to give y'all some meat. Oh, I speak that over everybody in the room. Maybe the work you did, you just thought you were going to get a sweet little something to eat and maybe, just maybe, God's got meat for you instead of your fruit. If you come to my house and I serve you a bird-type meat that you find delicious, keep this to yourself. Maybe just me. If you see me with a goose-down jacket, just maybe, just maybe, have some grace for Pastor Andy. Just know I fed them and they fed me. I ain't killed no goose, not yet, hallelujah. Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. 
The ox has to eat. Can't eat all your corn. Can't eat all of your grain. The idea of don't muzzle the ox when it's treading out your grain is if you starve your ox, then you won't have the power to plant more grain. Because the point is not just to eat grain, but it's to plant grain. I speak this over every single eater in here, over me and all of us, I want us to get to a place where we are sick of eating because it doesn't leave us enough seed for sowing. I'm praying that we will be tired of spending money we could invest. I'm praying that we will begin to see our lives, not just in terms of our appetites being fed, but our investments growing. The passage is saying, you got to get your ox together. You got to find your ox. You can't muzzle the ox when it's treading out the grain. You've got to feed whatever feeds you. Something is feeding you. If something is creating rows for you, if something is creating furrows for you to plant and harvest, you got to let that thing eat. Last Sunday, we were in Charlotte, and I was talking about uh, true laws and, and, and kind of talking about the difference between laws that are true and laws that are enacted by men. It's a whole lot of discussion around laws right now. Supreme Court and stuff they're doing and laws and what's this and what's a right and what's in the Constitution and what's in the amendment. Not going to get into any of that. I'm just saying that a true law does not have to be believed to have power. A true law is a principle that does not need to be believed to have power. You don't have to believe in gravity for it to have power. Jump off the second floor and you'll find out your faith and your belief got nothing to do with gravity. You don't have to believe in the clock for the time to have power. God ain't stopping time for you. God stopped time one time. If you late, you late. If it's 9.30 and you got to be there at 9.35, you're in trouble. Time is a true law that does not have to be believed to have power. One of the true laws that I want to talk a little bit about this morning in the few minutes I have remaining is this principle, and it is that sowing and sacrifice activates favor. Put it on the screens for you. Sowing and sacrifice activates favor. 
I'm not saying it makes favor because favor is favor and favor isn't something that you can earn. I'm not saying it earns favor. I'm not saying it creates favor. I'm saying that favor is activated by sowing and sacrifice. That is a true law. Whether you believe it or not, favor happens as a result of sowing or sacrifice. We look at this story of Cain and Abel. This story of Cain and Abel is an excellent example of this because in Genesis chapter 4 verse 2, it says Abel kept flocks, Cain worked the soil, and in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. And so Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Beloved, I want you to acknowledge and see here that this is an excellent example. You are looking at both of the things that activate favor. It starts with sowing. It starts with Cain sowing seed into the ground and then the seed multiplying and coming back to him greater. That's what sowing is. Sowing is something small, something less, becomes something big, becomes something more. That's sowing. Something small, something less, becomes something big, becomes something more. I want everybody to take a great big deep breath because I know once a preacher starts talking about sewing, everybody gets there all nervous and their butt cheeks get all tight. What I'm saying to you is I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about life. You take an acorn, you put it in the ground, and it turns into an oak tree that gives you thousands of acorns for hundreds of years. You're taking something small, put it back up. You're taking something small, you're taking something less, and when you sow it, it becomes something more. You have a big watermelon, you take one watermelon seed, put it in the ground, and that watermelon seed turns into more watermelons that gives you more seed. That's favor. Favor is something little becomes something big. Anybody that's believing God for favor is believing that if it starts small, it won't stay small. My God. They're believing. Anybody that's believing God for favor, anybody that's got anything in the ground is happy about this rain. Especially in the summer because if you're looking to reap a harvest in the fall, you don't want too much drought. Because the more the rain, the better your crops do. You're only bothered by rain if you're just an eater. All you do is think about your vacation time, and all you do is think about your party, and all you do is think about how much fun you're going to have. Rain's bothersome because you only eat. But if you ever get any seed in the ground, collards, corn, flowers, radishes, any
anything, if you ever decide to actually go to a store, buy some seed, get your hands in some actual dirt, and sow something into the ground, you will find yourself praying for rain. You will find yourself understanding favor at another level. You can't activate favor without sowing. For all of us who are praying for favor, and we're just praying for stuff like somebody letting us in a seat we shouldn't be in, or somebody giving us something we don't deserve. I feel you, but I would contend that that's a slave's perspective of favor. I used to call that favor. First time I ever flew in first class, I flew in first class because of favor. On my way somewhere, and, and I, I can't remember where I can't remember where I was going, and, and but I, I just I I know there was a brother at the counter as we were getting on the plane, and there was way it was a bigger plane than they expected, and it was one of them planes where you turn left to go to first class, and there was all these seats in there, and so the next thing you know, I guess they had a whole bunch of extra first class seats, and he didn't put nothing but us in there. First time I ever seen that many black people in first class ever in my life. And I sat in there and I thought to myself, this is favor. I don't deserve to be in first class. I don't have the money to be in first class. And somehow God has orchestrated it for me to sit in first class. Now you can be happy with that level of favor or you can get comfortable in that seat. And you can think, you know what? I think I like flying first class. You know what? I think I like sitting here. You know what? I think that I want to live a life in which I can fly first class from now on. Now what am I going to have to do to do that? I'm going to have to get to a place where a thousand dollars to me is a hundred. Because right now when I see four hundred dollars I think that's a lot of money and that's the ticket I'm buying. And when I see the first class seat and it's fourteen hundred dollars that looks crazy to me because I think we're all going to the same place and we're all on the same plane and I can bring my own popcorn on here if I want to and I'll just get my own bottle of water and you can think that if you want to hater but if you ever really sit in first class for real you will realize it's a whole nother experience in first class and you ought to believe God for the best for yourself I speak more in this room in the name of Jesus. I speak that you will fly first class places and not just because somebody did you a favor, but because you activated real favor by doing some real sowing and took your paycheck and instead of eating it, you sowed it. Because sowing activates favor. Anybody in here that invests in the stock market, this is a rough time right now. I need to hear some amens. I know I can't be the only one in here. This is a rough time. This is a Jesus paid it all time. This is a mm, 
God time. This is a mm, I'm nervous time. You know what else this is? This is a time for you to be confident in who God has made you to be. This is not the time to duck. This is the this is the time when the wealthy really about to get wealth. This is about to be the time when it's really time to make some money. The idea of an inflation or a recession only scares you if you broke. But if you're a sower, if you're an investor, if you're willing to sacrifice in the short term for long-term favor, you are trying to get yourself ready to be a player in the market. trying to teach you a true law it's a law that we don't want to believe in and it still has power over us because we are eaters and not sowers and we are asking God for the wrong kind of favor I'm with you. I ask God for that kind of favor too. I ask God for stuff I don't deserve all the time and his mercy and his grace endures forever. But can I tell you about another kind of favor? It's a favor where you put something small in and it comes back to you bigger. You buy something for $3 and it becomes worth $300. And then you mad that you only bought 10 shares of it and wish you had spent and went, oh, I, I guess I got, when it jumps, you think, oh my God. And you start looking at everything you wear and all your clothes and all your hair and all your shoes and all your stuff. And you realize that the really, really rich people don't need to dress like they rich. Can't get no amens on that one. The folk who really got money, you don't really know they have money because they're not spending their money on stuff that you can see. Every time they think about buying something like that, they think to themselves, ah, but if I take this and if I invest it, if I sow it, then the little can become big. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. I'm sorry. I'm going to speak that over everybody. I'm going to speak it over your children's children. I'm going to speak it over you right now. I decree it. If I'm going to prophesy anything to you, I'm going to prophesy blessing to you. If I'm going to prophesy anything to you, I'm going to prophesy royalty on you. May you be kings and queens. May everything you touch turn to gold. May everything you invest in jump up to another level. May your property be worth more than when you bought it. And may you find yourself ready to act on deals that you wouldn't be able to act on if you weren't prepared. May you have real favor on your life. Abel has flocks. Cain has, has souls into the ground. He's, he's a farmer. That's favor. Please.
please understand, when you're asking God for favor, you're asking God for reproductive power. We holler about favor in a Holy Ghost way and don't even really know what we're talking about. Favor is multiplication. Favor is exponential growth. Favor is supernatural stuff favor is more than enough favor is not you didn't know how you're gonna pay your bills favor is you don't know how you're gonna keep the government from taking all of the money that you just made favor is you mad at trump and you want to talk to his accountant favor is that you are trying to figure out how god can bless you so you can be a blessing to your children's 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 children I'm going to make everybody clap for that real serious because it's one of the problems, particularly in our community, in our backwards, lost, no family, no connection community, where we expect everybody to pull themselves up by their bootstraps when nobody even had boots to start with. It is one of the most insane, crazy, dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Absolutely nobody should start from their bootstraps. You got 80, 90 years on this planet. You ought to leave your babies better than how you started. The devil is a liar. And if you make your child start over from nothing, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. May God speak to you and your ignorant mind because it takes more than one generation to really build wealth. Talk to me, black people. Holler at your boy if I'm talking truth. So tired of it. Understand that it ain't for you, bruh. It's not for you. I know I'm not by myself in here. Gentlemen, something happens to you when you have a child come out of your body and you think to yourself, your work has a different kind of purpose to it. That's favor. Now, as a result of the favor and the exponential growth that has happened, now they're going to sacrifice. Because they realize that sacrifice is pain that proves the point. Sacrifice is pain that proves the point. Now, I know that that statement alone, please leave it up for just a little bit. I know that that statement alone has a lot of problems in it for us. First of all, we don't really like the word sacrifice because we really just want what we want. We don't like the word pain and we don't like the word proves. Because we don't really want to prove nothing. Because we don't really want to be tested. We want everybody to just believe us day one. Like they're going to believe us day 250. You're not going to be believed day five. The way you're going to be believed day 355. If you think that something's broken. 
You have a point to prove. You just got the job. They're not going to treat you like they treat other people that have been there for five years. You have a point to prove. You just met her, bruh. She don't trust you right now. It's okay. You have a point to prove. You just met me. You just started coming. I know you're anointed. I know you're gifted. Hallelujah. But I don't know you, bruh. You're not getting on this stage until you prove a point to me. And that is that you are loyal to more than just yourself. Oh, I need a witness in the building. Especially now. We don't like this. We don't like the fact that we have a point to prove. We don't like the fact that the thing that really proves the point is pain. That's when you really know somebody is serious. Fly black girl, fly white girl, fly Spanish girl, fly Australian girl, fly Nigerian girl, whoever's watching me all over the world. Somebody tell you they like you, whatever. That dude's going to have to sacrifice something to show you that he has proved the point that he's worth what God has given you. I thought I'd get some more claps on that. Girly girl. You're going to have to prove the point. Bruh, she's going to have to prove the point. And the best way, sorry, but the best way to prove your point is pain. Best way to prove your point is sacrifice. If you don't like sacrifice and you don't like pain, then there's a level of favor in a relationship that you will never get to. We want relationship favor without proving the point of sacrifice. You sacrifice for me, I'll give you the world. I got to figure out though, are you about you or are you about us? And I'm so, so sorry. So, so sorry. So, so sorry. Because I'm going to say something that's going to bother you and me. God is not a fool. He cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you think that you can trick God with 30 minutes of halfway praise, because quite honestly, and I'm sorry, I'm so glad y'all are in the room, and I'm so glad you're watching around the world, but one of the things that COVID has done is COVID has made us a bunch of spectators in church. Like we almost don't know how to praise God no more. It's almost like we're just watching a show when the truth of the matter is that the breath in your lungs. I'm going to make everybody clap for it just to get everybody back into practice. 
If it had not been for God on your side, where would you be? If the Lord had not spared your life, if you think about the goodness of the Lord for just a minute, if you think about how he stopped you from pulling out right at the wrong time, if you think about how that car almost hit you, if you think about you was at the club, bottle full of blood, bruh, and other people got shot and you did not. If you ever think about what God has done for you and something don't come up out of you, have real favor in the relationship have a seat please you'll be constantly asking God for little trinkets because you know you don't deserve it because you give nothing so you can't expect anything back So you're always kind of like, well, I'm just so grateful that God is doing anything for me. And I'm not saying I'm grateful. I am. But can I tell you something? As a result of the pain that I go through, as a result of the sacrifice of my life, as a result of the fact that I belong to him, as a result of the fact that God is my all in all, as a result of the fact that I have given my life to him, I have a level of confidence. I'm speaking that over everybody in the room. I have a level of confidence. You better be careful talking about me because I am God's servant and I will praise the Lord and I'll tell God if you let them kill me who will praise you if you let them kill me who gonna build this temple if you let them talk about me who gonna worship you like this if nothing else I may be broken I may be flawed but I'll pray elder Paul I may not look like you and I may not talk like you and I may not be perfect like you and I may not be the best preacher around here but I'll tell you what I love the Lord he heard my cry and I will give I will tithe I will sow when we take up offerings in this church just know I am the biggest giver in this church and ask the people over there the number one giver at world overcomers the number one tither the person who is first is andy thompson and i laid a gauntlet down somebody come beat me i would love for you to pass me and i'll say your name from the pulpit but right now I'm number one. You know why? Because I don't give God 10%. I give God 20%. And I give God 25% because I found that if I sacrifice for him, there's a favor that I access. I found that if I give him my life, uh, he'll watch over me. I found that if I just trust him, and I know that I'm a Negro. I know that I'm a man. I need a man to wave at me. I know I'm a man. I know I'm flawed. I know I don't always think the right stuff. I know I don't always say the stuff, the right stuff. And I need my sacrifice. I need my pain to activate my favor. I'm gonna speak that over the whole room. Oh, I'm going to speak that over the whole room. Understand, pain proves the point. 
Pain inspires favor. Abel decides to give God a sacrifice, fat portions. Cain gives God something, and the Bible says that God didn't look with the same favor at Cain's than he did at Abel's. He looked at Abel's sacrifice with favor. He looked at Cain's and didn't have favor on it. Now, I know Cain and Abel is one of the most famous stories in all the Bible, and I know we talk a lot about Cain, but at least he had the ability to see if there was favor on his offering or not. One of the saddest things to me is for people to not be able to recognize. Ain't no favor on that. And to not realize, Elder Clark, that the reason why there ain't no favor on that is because sacrifice wasn't adequate. I know Cain got upset. The Lord showed up and said, what you upset about? If you do what's right, ain't no favoritism in here. If you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. And what does Cain do? He becomes the first official hater in the Bible. And for every able in the room, can I speak over you and me? You got to watch Cain close. You're just going out into fields with Cain. Just because somebody's your brother don't mean they have your best interest at heart. Oh, I need a witness in the building. Because you must not be successful if you don't know nothing about jealousy and envy and folk mad at you because how dare God bless you? How dare God do something for you that he didn't do for them? And instead of them just getting right, they decide to attack the one who God is blessing. It's a constant that happens. We all have to be careful that we are more able than Cain. Oh, I need a witness in the building. It's tight, but it's right. Because Cain feelings are easy to have. I'm so glad it got quiet so we can all say amen on the inside. Every one of us has looked at somebody and been like, why they got that? Why they got that? How he get her? How he get her? How she get him? I don't know if you've ever seen a couple like that. Every now and then, you know, you see a couple where both people look great. Then you see a couple where both people are like, you know, on a struggle. And you're like, well, there's somebody for everybody. <laughs> but then you see a couple where you're thinking, how? <laughs> you know, that's exactly how it is when you walk in with the Lord. We are wondering, what is God doing with you? His grace and his mercy <laughs> endures. 
But sorry, got off my point. It is absolutely possible to have Cain feelings. Can I just get, can somebody just comment, just wave? Can somebody wave and say, oh, yeah, Pastor hand. My hand is up. I'll just be like, I don't even want to see that. Ooh, look at their new building. Mm -hmm. And instead of offering the right sacrifice to activate the right favor, we decide to kill the person who sacrifices right. Can't have him around. You're working too hard. You're making us all look bad. Slow down, bruh. You in here early and leaving late? Cain. God says something very simple. It's a word to all of us. If you do what is right, you will be accepted. I want to end on this last point and I'm done. The Lord says to Cain, after he kills Abel, he says to him, where is your brother? Where is your brother? Where is your brother? Where's your brother? Not only does Cain lion, because he's killed his brother, buried him in a field somewhere. Not only is he lying, but his answer is scarily typical of us. Because he says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Might I suggest to us, brothers and sisters, that those of us who are blessed, those of us who do have favor, those of us who God has shined and smiled on us, we have a responsibility to our brothers. I'm going to make everybody clap for that. Perhaps you have come to the kingdom for just such a time as this. I think it's important. Not only are you sowing for your blessing, but you're sowing because you are your brother's keeper. Part of the vision that the Lord has given me for this Victory Park is more than just a new church for us. That's a part of it. We've been in this rented space since 2012. And it's time for us to go. God has got something greater for us, and, and we got to get out of here because it's limiting us. It's limiting us. We have reached the capacity of what kind of ministry we can do in this building. We're going to have an international broadcast center, and it's going to be incredible. State of the art. They're already planning it all. Sanctuary will be about this size. It's going to be incredible. But the rest of the building, beloved, is also going to be dedicated to this vision that I have for our brothers. Because the Lord 
has challenged me that we have to be our brother's keeper. We cannot live in our blessed palaces while our brothers and sisters die as slaves. We have got to get a Harriet Tubman anointing on us. As blessed as you may be, every king in here, as blessed as you may be, every now and then, leave out your fancy neighborhood in Cary or wherever you are. Drive amongst your own people. See what has happened to our people. See the need of your brothers and your sisters. I'm asking you to give. I'm not just asking you to give to you. I'm not just asking you to give to the vision just because it's going to bless you. We're going to have great children's ministry. We're going to have great sanctuary. Sure. But this Victory Park thing is going to have courts and overnight ball. And I want it to be a, a 24-hour center. I want it to be a light in a dark place. I want it to be somewhere... I want it to be somewhere where if our people have nowhere to go at 2 a.m., they can go and they can get counsel, they can get financial instruction, they can get financial literacy instruction, they can get guidance counseling, they can play ball, their kids can be there. And they can step out of the dark into the light. It's not just for the church people. It's also for the community. It's for us to not just be blessed by God, but to be used by him. I need your help. I need you to help me. I need you to help me. I've had one of the largest churches, probably the biggest black church in the state for the last at least 15 years, 20 years. I, we could stay here. It's not, uh, I don't like this space, but I guess we could stay here. But well, God's got something greater for us to do. And it's not just about us. It's about impacting the lost. And when I say the lost, I don't just mean lost to the Bible. I mean lost to God, lost to life. And I'm getting too old to see our young men without hope. At some point, beloved, we got to take care of our own brothers and sisters. I want you to help. Can I get you to give? Throw that barcode up there. Can I get you to give? And Victory Park and everything that you give is our building fund offering. We're about to break ground in just a few months. We're having conversations with our different banks and stuff that's happening. Y'all know the rates are, if you need an offering dollar, you can raise your hand. If you're giving around the world, you can give right now to the work of the kingdom of God. Everything you're about to give goes to Victory Park. 
Everything you're about to give goes to Victory Park right now. Towards our building fund. I need your help. If you're watching live around the world, I need your help. More than ever, I need you to, to join with me as we give to the work of the kingdom of God and expect a harvest. Of course, I expect a harvest. But more than just a harvest, I expect God to empower us to touch our area, to touch the world. Bow your head. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you and praise you and honor you for your grace and your mercy towards us. Your truth endures forever. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Bless every gift. Bless every giver. May your glory be revealed in us. Have your way in us. Pray, pray. together for their word today. Come on, come on. That, that was a mature word. Come on. Listen, we want you to connect with us, all of our first-time visitors. If you would, visit the Connection Kiosk out in the lobby. We'd love to connect with you. If you'd like to be a member of World Overcomers Christian Church, we'll have a new members class in just two weeks. And we want you to connect with us and we will, let's lift our hands as we pray and dismiss. God, we thank you for meeting us here in this room today. We thank you, Lord, for Holy Communion. And most of all, God, we thank you for the word today, God, that we will be sowers. We will be people of sacrifice, God. Lord, show us on this week the areas that we need to pull up and give to you even more. The areas that we need to pull up even in our sacrifice. God, we speak a blessing over this week. God, bless all that we touch. Bless all that we do. And we thank you, Lord, that when we meet again, God, we'll have new testimonies of the ways that you have made for us. God, we love you. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 And amen. Fist bump somebody and tell them I love you in Jesus' name. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.